Live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it's SC Gurus. Rainmaker. What is a rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. SC Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the World Wide Web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host, Darren Pappen, also known as Essie Guru, and his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Essie Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and has taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high-competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat, kick back, and get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of webmaster radio. It's Essie Guru and Brandy, and you're listening to Rainmaker. Uh, that's right, folks. I want to welcome you to another edition of Rainmaker. And uh, can I tell you, last week's edition had me really, um, I guess, taken aback because for once my, my beautiful wife was able to pull the wool over my eyes and, um, you know, had my two kiddos involved and a lot of our show hosts and gave me a birthday surprise. I thought that was that was really really cool and um so n- now that that's done and over with we can get back to the normal thing no it should <laughs> always be about you you know you are so hard to surprise and you are so loved and you are so adored by people and i think that you being the humble man that you are you know you really you don't realize how loved and adored you are and i think that last week was just a uh, a small token of how much everyone loves and appreciates you uh well can i say i i I had um i had an amazing weekend we we went sailing all day Mm -hmm. sunday with friends which was lovely and of course the rain that had been persistent all week (laughs) last week and still this week it just vanished on sunday yes for his birthday the day of birth the angels sang the light shone down in the waters they were calm but the wind with the yeah, that's the a wind was puffing just uh, perfect. Yeah, okay. for that lovely sail. Way day. too much over the top. <laughs> back, back down, back down. All right, so we've had a really. It was a great. It was a great week. Um, so happy birthday again. Well, thank you very much. And um, you're looking not older. Yeah, thank you for that. And I really, I really resent that with men. Like women, when they get older, they look in the mirror in the morning on their birthday. All right. And they say, "Are my <laughs> are my breasts as perky as they used to be?" You know. <laughs> Uh, honey, Do I have any extra lines around my eyes? Honey, you look like the day I met you. <laughs> I'd rather you say you look like the day 20 years before You look I met like you. the day I wish I met you. There you go. That's How's that? that's, that's the line. Like that that is right. the line. Beautiful. Um, no, we had a fantastic week. We uh, we were down for SES Miami. Mm-hmm. And for, for, for those of you listening, that, that may sound like... God, you flew all the way over there? Absolutely not. I drove 30 minutes to the south. Which was so <laughs> awesome to do. For once. And um, it was truly good. Uh, again, I'd like to, to send out a big kudos to Nacho Hernandez for organizing uh, and pulling together uh, an obviously successful event, mm-hmm. as told by those on site. Mm-hmm. Um, truly positive feedback. So, Nacho, great job, buddy. And uh, we got time with uh, Jesse Sturkiola, Danny Sullivan, Vanessa Fox from uh, Google Sitemaps. 
Uh, we took them all out sailing yep. Tuesday night till about what four, five in the morning. <laughs> Until their planes were ready to take off for the West Coast or the UK. Yeah, that was a little rough. Um, and Danny was such a good sport because he stayed behind. I, I, I bust, you know, I shuttled everyone back to the hotel, and uh, Danny Dan- was such a good sport. He stayed on board and, and cleaned with Danny, Darren. Danny actually <laughs> stayed on the boat with me, and uh, and I he was, he cleaned up the mess. He helped to create. <laughs> That was, was really awesome. It was fun. It was fun. So we've had a great week. Um, we, we also were at Affiliate Summit. We were. Where we had uh, Expedia and uh, CJ actually doing the roving reporting up there. and we Fantastic we, coverage. Mm-hmm, and we actually captured a lot of the, the high-level panels. So for those of you that were there but couldn't be in two places at once, and for those of you uh, that were there and um, maybe didn't wake up in time for some of these <laughs> high-level panels, you can go look under trade show coverage because guess what? We don't sleep, so you uh, can. <laughs> that's right. Webmaster Radio. We get up early, so you, you don't, don't have, have to. to. Fabulous. And Sorry. then today, I don't know if you guys heard, <laughs> uh, we also did the ad tech uh, pre-Chicago radio special. And it was very fun because I had the tables turned on me, and I was actually interviewed by Dave Hutchinson for the pre-conference special, and that was neat. Yeah. Yes. It was Which is, you know, for you, definitely uh, not not quite fish out of water. But I found that strange last week when Nani was interviewing me. I right, like, right. Huh. You're like, no, no, no. I ask the questions, you answer. Yeah, fish out of water. <laughs> that didn't work for me. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a phenomenal week with a lot of exciting things coming on. And uh, we've got a guest today wow. who is a really terrific guest. And when I look at his bio, I think... Oh, wow. I want to learn how to be like him because I think he was born a vice president, <laughs> even though he's now a CEO. And I want to know how one is birthed as a vice president. <laughs> he's had jobs at all of these phenomenal companies, but yet he's never been like, I, I don't see any like, you know, there, there's no like manager of, there's no, you know, assistant of, it's all vice president. So, um, he is now the CEO of LookSmart, and mm-hmm. it's Dave Hill. So I'm very excited to find out how he traversed the waters to always be at least, at minimum, a vice president. So I think that's what the focus of today should be. At minimum, be a VP. We'll be right back on Rainmaker with Dave Hill. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. FM proudly presents EdTech, the world's largest interactive marketing event, blows into Chicago July 24th to the 25th, delivering to you the perfect composition of powerhouse keynote speakers, industry-intensive panels, and interactive workshops. Secure your presence at EdTech Chicago so you, too, can be equipped with the instruments and know-how needed to be in concert with the rest of the interactive marketing industry. Visit www.ad-tech.com to register today. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. 
Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Admit it, you've been working way too hard this year. Targeting traffic, optimizing your search engines, evaluating domains, and let's not forget long hours in traffic just to spend quality time with your family. Now imagine yourself in a lush tropical paradise, surrounded by the sights and sounds of tropical island music and fun, along with all of your friends in the B2B marketplace. Well, pack your bags and come down to Search Bash, Jamaica! WebmasterRadio.fm invites you to a weekend of island bliss. Webmaster Radio presents Search Bash Jamaica. September 15th through the 18th in the Grill, Jamaica. Log on now to SearchBash.com and sign up today. You know how big our Search Bash parties are. Now imagine a fabulous, all-inclusive, fun-filled weekend in a tropical island paradise. Rooms are filling up fast, so sign up now. Webmaster Radio presents Search Bash Jamaica. September 15th through the 18th in the Grill, Jamaica. Don't miss out. Log on to SearchBash.com. Calm now. This is Reverend Jesse Jackson. Keep hope alive with Webmaster Radio. Back to Rainmaker, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. And we are back. That was like the mega break. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How are you, sweetie? I'm, I'm a little soggy, but I'm doing All right. okay. Well, pull on up here. You've got, uh, in my opinion, this is a fantastic guest. Uh, I, I, I've always been thoroughly and um i just love directories from back in the old days so you know uh, look smart and i have always done a, a wonderful dance so i am glad to, ha- to have uh our guest on tonight and without further ado 
Yeah. Well, let's give a little bit of background prior yes. to bringing him on. Poor kid, that. he's like, can I just talk? You guys talk too much. Can I just talk? <laughs> we have uh, Dave Hilza, plural, who is, uh, he joined LookSmart as chief executive officer in October 2004. And in this role, he uh, has led a successful transition of the company spearheading the launch of Vertical Search which I know makes you very happy, Darren. I love vertical search. Okay, a new media veteran, which is media veteran, which is a little oxymoronic. Um, Dave has nearly 25 years of experience in media sales and operations with extensive experience in online advertising, search marketing, paid listings, and <gasps> subscriptions. Prior to joining LookSmart, Dave served as president of Media Solutions for 24-7 Real Media, overseeing its domestic media search and technology. Sweet. Before then, he was chief operating officer and president of sales for, I think we've got some friends in common, About Inc., which owned About.com. Of course. And the pay-per-click service, Sprinks. I think uh-huh. we've got more friends there. Okay, cool. Six degrees of separation tonight, <laughs> folks. Previously, Dave held various media executive positions for subsidiaries of Cox Enterprises, including, again, vice president of sales for Cox Interactive Media. He was media. board of vice president. You're right. Which owns and operates a network of local content websites. Vice president. Oh, no, we have a director position in here. Hey. Of Cox Interactive. I'm, I mean, whatever. I mean, then again, he was like another vice. Hey, Dave. Welcome. Dave, yeah, hi. Dave, are you tired yet, man? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've just, uh, I've been, I've been quite entertained. Okay, <laughs> can I tell you, like, with with a bio like yours, y- you you sound like you need a vacation. No, no, not at all. In fact, uh, uh, this is the most fun. Uh, this is the most fun I've ever had. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep working as long as somebody has me. Do you kind of feel like uh, like? Do you feel? Do you remember the heyday back back when you know, we were in the big bubble? Yes. Is it just me, or does it kind of feel that same kind of tingling energy from that day? Well, I, I think there's, I think there's the same amount of of innovation on both the advertiser and the publisher uh, or search engine side of things. Uh, I think the difference this time is that the customers understand why they're buying the medium, and they continue to buy the medium at an, at an increasing rate at the expense of offline media. So I think it's a much more rational decision process by the advertiser. And as a result of that, we likely shouldn't see a burst to this. Right, right. You know, I always, I always uh, create an analogy to cable. Cable, uh, you know, took a long time. I think it was close to 15 to 18 years mm-hmm. for its dollar share to catch up with its audience share. And I think that's what in- this industry is going to do. I think it'll happen faster this time um, because of the, the amount of technology that's available to the advertisers. Um, but there's a, uh, there's a tremendous amount of excitement when you're in a medium that the consumer continues to go to with increasing frequency and spending more time. And advertisers are recognizing that and following, following their customers online. True, very true. Now, you actually, uh, Chris, this makes me very happy. You, you received your master's degree in Boston. Yeah, Boston University. Rock on. Are you? Where are you from originally? Uh, Providence, Rhode Island. All right, ah. so, all right. So hold on. Is, it, is this is this why your assistant was saying you kind of had a funny voice? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> does, does she make fun of the accent? She has an accent. Well, yeah, but she, you know, she she's Australian, so she has no <laughs> right to make fun exactly, of it. Exactly, exactly. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> he doesn't have an accent. The rest of the world does. All right, that's so, right. So, so uh, let me ask you this: You've got you, you were in the you were in the cable space, right? Yeah, broadcast, uh, broadcast, and online and cable at Cox. Yes. Okay. All right. I, th- th- this th- this intrigues me. Um, you know, because I, I I as well was in broadcast back in the day. Of course, here I am now, uh, back in broadcast after 
you know, uh, a long time in SEO. And, and like broadcast people, you know, once you kind of get that in your blood, I think it's kind of hard to get out. And I kind of noticed that right away you, you made, um, you know, you, you equated the, the marketplace to, you, you, to the cable marketplace. And I found that kind of interesting. Did, what was the transition point for you, Wh- you know, when you stepped towards... Yeah, I was at um, when I was at Cox. It was 1994, and um, the newspaper division at Cox, which has really great newspapers, created a joint venture with uh, with Prodigy, and they were displaying newspaper content on the Prodigy service uh, back when. I mean, this is back when there were 2,400 baud modems and 4,800 baud modems. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, it was uh, really quite a thing. And um, uh, in all of that, uh, Prodigy was having a difficult time getting its advertising sold, I think in part because it was the only vehicle out there at that point. The only other thing out there in 1994 was really the CompuServe Mall. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, Cox said to uh, Prodigy, well, look, we'll put a joint venture together and put this guy in charge of it, and he can start to sell your advertising for you. So that was my exposure. That was my entry into uh, into online and it didn't take long for me to realize that if there was wide consumer adoption, the advertiser would go here because at that point you knew that media was going to fragment in a way that nobody had envisioned back in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And if you look at what advertisers have done over the course of the last 20 years, they've gone, and agencies are starting to follow this now too, they've gone from being media channel-centric to customer-centric. And as a, result of the, as a result of that move, meaning that an advertiser, if, if you're a customer of a particular service or, or product, they know an awful lot about you. And they have a lot of different ways that they can reach you, and they need to be able to do that in a highly fragmented media market like mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the reasons that we launched the 181 vertical search sites last fall uh, was our fervent belief that this medium, even search, like all other media, will continue to fragment, and as that fragmentation occurs, vertical services, just like it happened in cable, uh, will start to proliferate and uh, start to eat into the share of the big guys. You know, no, I, we tend to agree with you. It's all about the niche marketing, the vertical, and being able to capture something that's really targeted. Versus, yes. because things are moving away from, as a matter of fact, we were having that discussion today um, on an earlier radio show, or, or I shouldn't say we, they were, <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> um, but it is interesting because you take like these heritage brands who would just scattershot their advertising and they were the ones that managed because they had the big budget, they managed to rise quickly in their success and maintain sure. their success. And today, you're seeing a, a much larger shift in how advertising dollars are being spent. There's much more. There's a, a larger ability for people to be more more focused and targeted, yeah. And how they're spending their dollar, and there's also an opportunity for that entrepreneur, who's self-funded and just enthusiastic, to be as successful as some of these heritage brands because of the way people are consuming their media or their advertising. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really exciting thing that 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 a, you know a guy or a woman in their basement can take their hobby and and create a living out of it because there are no boundaries to the distribution of their of their advertising. Mm-hmm. And as long as they can actually take an order or a credit card and ship a product, they have a, they have a, as good a chance as a large company to be able to garner a lot of customers online. Right, because at the end of the day, we're still all doing business behind that veiled curtain called the internet. And I used right. to call that you know the the big lie continues. Are you a one-person shop or are you a hundred-man shop? No one's right. going to know the difference as long as you, you know, have integrity um, in your intentions and you follow through on what you promise to your end user. Yep. Which is really great. So let me ask, but how did you get, how did you choose? I mean, because here you are, you're from, you're from Providence, 
And yeah. so I'm going to be, I'm going to make a couple of assumptions about you. Sure. Okay, so people from Providence. <laughs> you love that one. James like, oh, oh. boy. No, but it's, right, so people from <laughs> Providence don't, right. but don't usually leave Providence. No, I know. I, I, um, uh, I'm one of the few people that actually uh, left Rhode Island. Most people do stay in Rhode Island. But the, you know, I, I left Rhode Island in, boy, 1974, I guess it was. And that was two years after uh, the Navy had pulled out of Rhode Island, and that was the bulk of the economy there. So I knew that there was just zero opportunity in Rhode Island to um, uh, to do anything that would be that would be interesting. Plus, it's a pretty small place to begin with. Right. Well, no, it is. It is. So you so you made so now you 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 go to you know Boston University, which is a fine university. And so how do you decide what industry you're actually going to pursue? Yeah, well, when I got out of graduate school, I was uh, broke. And um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, you know, like, like most people, I needed a, uh, I needed a job. And uh, I, got a, I got a job selling 30-second commercials at an independent television station in uh, Boston that's now owned by Tribune, WLVI, I think it was. Okay, okay. And um, so I was there for about uh, six or eight months. And then after that period of time, I learned that there was a business in New York City called the uh, uh, TV rep business where uh, uh, local television mm-hmm. stations were sold to national advertisers. So I um, uh, went down to New York City and went on a bunch of uh, interviews. Uh, actually, at a, I remember picking up the yellow pages and calling these firms because they didn't know anybody and uh, trying to wangle my way into an appointment. And finally, one of the Cox-owned rep firms or the Cox-owned rep firm at that point, which was called Telerep, was growing dramatically. They needed salespeople, so they uh, so they hired me, and I went to New York. Good for you. So and you so we, but you knew you knew you liked this thirty second thing. You knew that you didn't want to be what is it? You you kind of said, "Great, I'm good at this. I like this, but I want to be able to spread my wings." Further yeah, you than know, I had I had, had a when I was in uh, uh, when I was in in high school. You know, back in the late '60s and early '70s, there was a company out there called Fuller Brush. Oh my God! You know, rock on! I okay. Yeah, absolutely. I was a door-to-door salesman for Fuller Brush. <laughs> okay. So, and I was pretty good at it. So I knew that 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 sales was something that I could convincing people to do something was something I could do. So I just continued to follow that. And the media industry uh, seemed like there was a place where there was uh, where, where there was the best growth. Good. I mean, so what was? But but how did you choose this? I mean, it's great because I mean I have to say if you can sell, for, I mean, Fuller Brush, Brush was I don't know if they they still have Fuller Brush around, don't they? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was an excellent product. So you weren't selling something, you know, you weren't selling like snake oil to snakes or something. That's correct. But. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was, but that's a hard, that's a hard sale, you uh, know, going door to door. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know like what I mean? like selling vacuum cleaners. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but is that where you learn to get kind of a tough skin and say, you know, hey, I'd rather have a thousand no's and one yes? Yeah, I think you have to, you know, if, you, if you're going to be successful in, in, in business in any way, shape or form, uh, you have to be, you have to be willing to accept and digest uh, rejection frequently, mm-hmm. and I think you know if, if you're going to be if you're going to try to be really good at it and and make your way up whatever ladder it is that you choose, you have to embrace um, uh, rejection, which means you have to get a lot. Of, you have to get used to a lot of rejection really quickly. What was the and, and then because each time you get you know one more no gets you one more no closer to a yes. What was the biggest learning experience you had in, in, in getting past the no? In in uh, oh boy, um, yeah, that's a tough one. I think, going, I don't it, know no, I, I think it was. I think it was um, uh, when I was when I was selling when I was selling Fuller Brush. It was actually interesting. I, I actually remember this. The um, uh, I decided one day to go to a uh, to a wealthy neighborhood on the east side of Providence mm-hmm. and knock on doors there. 
and um, uh, I realized that, uh, and I, I didn't make any sales, and I, and I probably farmed that neighborhood for four or five days, and uh, couldn't get couldn't get one sale made. So then I went back to the you know three story tenement middle class housing, and realized that they were far far uh, far far better customers. So the you know the lesson from a lot of no's is are you actually fishing in the right place? Ah, just like our our Look Smart commercial. You got to fish for the uh, There you go. Yeah, but I didn't even think of that. So. <laughs> Thank you. We love how it all comes from I wish the I was that smart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you, know, you but 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 that makes a lot of sense. Like know your audience. Right. You have to yeah, you have to know your audience. You have to know you know what 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 audience your product will naturally gravitate toward or mm-hmm. what uh, what audience you can can reasonably go after. And then uh, you know the other thing you have to do is you have to you have to involve an awful lot of empathy, right? Sales and running a business, uh, you know, certainly being the CEO of a public company involves an awful lot of empathy. I have a lot of constituents that I have to concern myself with. I have team members here. I have investors. I've got a board of directors. I've got, uh, you know, industry analysts. I've got financial analysts. I've got customers. I've got partners. And um, uh, the trick is to be able to always sit back and look at things through their eyes, and if you can do that successfully, then your ability to, um, uh, to make something happen and make something happen fast, I think, increases dramatically. Now, now being, uh, and as you would describe it there, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, like, words, put words in your mouth. Chief plate spinner, right? Yeah. Like, really? Um, how, how, how is that, right? Because you shifted gears from, from that, that broadcast world, and, and now... You know, talking about having to understand the relationships, um, you know, w- w- when you look back, you know, to those days, do you ever long for those days? Or are you like, boy, that was really cool. I learned a lot from it. But, oh, my God, I wish, you know, thank God it's in the past. Yeah, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't look, I don't look back, and I certainly do I certainly wouldn't want to be in uh, in the broadcast business right now. A lot of my friends stayed in it. There aren't sure. too many of us that that, that tipped over into uh, into online. And as I talk to my friends now, you know, they're relegated to an industry that grows at inflation, maybe a point past inflation. Right. And it's a share shift game. Mm-hmm. So their ability to actually impact the outcome of something is quite limited. Right. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine that that's, I remember when I was in the rep business, it wasn't like that. You know, spot television was, was, was hot back then. Right. Um, but I don't think that I would like going to work every morning knowing that at the end of the year, if I was up 2%, that would probably mean the following year I'd be down 2%. Right, right. And I think that's a lot of what's, a lot of what's going on right now. And then the other thing is that, uh, you know, with, with the amount of, of audience usage going online so quickly, advertisers don't even want to talk too much about, you know, certainly national spot television, but I think all forms of television and radio to one extent or another uh, magazines. And if you can't engage your prospect or your customer, if they're really at the end of the day not not as enamored with your product today as they were yesterday, right. the job becomes very, very difficult, and I think it becomes, you know, very, very unsatisfying. Right. Then I think you have to, then you have to juxtapose that against the increased risk that comes in a marketplace mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this. So you look, at, you, look at, you look at our company, and I do believe over the past 18 months, a really great management team and a really great team below them have done an incredible job of putting us in three businesses that are going to pay off well for the shareholders and certainly the customers and partners over the course of time. But the risk at a company like this is high because I've got two guys down the street that are you know two or three hundred times the size that I am. Right. Now let me... But 
but the market opportunity is there, so it's worth it. Really. Right, right. Now, now let me ask you this: right, um, being a new media veteran, which as Brandy said earlier, kind of kind yeah, of sounds oxymoronic, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> being a new media veteran, um, when when you wh- did you see Larry King last night? I don't believe so. <laughs> da- okay, we actually t- made it to primetime. Yeah, TV right. We, last we, night. we made so it <laughs> for once. Dog on it. Okay, so so like you know, I'm I'm listening to you, and you know what what I'm kind of hearing is convergence. Yes, uh, don't want to miss opportunity. Um, yeah, it's still tepid about it, and I, I mean, I see that being something indicative when I look at Dan Rather, who does a deal with Mark Cuban and HDNet. To you know, uh, you know, get back on the air, do true reporting, um, you know, in, in a true to the audience way instead of demographics. Uh, great pitch, uh, but suddenly talking to, to hear Dan Rather talking about the new the media, media right. on the internet. Now, is that something that you see is coming more rapidly? The convergence between these medias. Well, I think you know the the there are two types of convergence, right? There's there's the appliance that the person that the, that that folks use, and I think you know in along throughout media history, it's generally been one main appliance, right? Mm-hmm. It was something that was on printed paper, then it was something that was over radio waves, then it was something that was over television. It's cumulative, but the new media or the new distribution system seems to um, uh, always injure the the ones that that preceded it. Then there's the convergence of content, and I think that that's a very, very separate issue. The, the appliance end of it, I think businesses and, and we at Look Smart are, are, one, are, are a company like this. We're device agnostic. Our job mm-hmm. is to make sure that no matter what device that you're on, we can no supply you something of, of, right. of value. Mm-hmm. As far as the convergence of content, the, I think the interesting thing there is that, that this medium for the first time breaks almost all the rules of other media in that the notion of geographic exclusivity doesn't exist. Yes. And so you've got a guy like you got a guy like Dan Rather who was, you know, on national television but it was done through local affiliates and now he can go he can hit those same markets, same two hundred and twelve DMAs or however many there are now. And then far broader than that, depending on on, on how um uh on, on how successful he is, he can garner a much, much larger audience uh, and a much, much larger geographic footprint. So I think from a device perspective, it, it almost doesn't matter. I don't think that it, it, this, this debate about whether the TV becomes a PC or a PC becomes a TV, I think, is an irrelevant argument. The real, the real thing to watch, like, as you guys are referencing, is where's the content going? And mm-hmm. is the content and the personalities say to themselves, we should be borderless and media border agnostic as well, then I think you're going to drag more time out of the consumer online. You know what? Excellent. Well, I think well put. I mean, because our thing here is there's no barrier to entry with us. Right. You know, you can sit in your office and listen to us. You can download us to your, you know, to your to your MP3 player. You can. T- people are TiVoing us. They're putting us on their PSPs. They're yep. P- right. I mean, it says. So that's a phenomenal thing. And and the neat part about it is, you know, sort of what you were saying. Part of your reason, or at least I'm, you know, feeling is, you moved on because you felt like your feet were being held. Um, it was boring, and you felt like what you were doing wasn't really. You weren't achieving as much. So you kept moving from new media to new media to new media so that you weren't, you know, because things were a share-based. 
That's correct. You know, you didn't have the ability to be as creative as maybe you first did, what sort of like lit that fire in your belly. And it is neat to look at what's going on at, at Look Smart or what's happening, you know, with us in Look Smart that there are so many ways to deploy great information. And someone like Dan Rather does have the ability to say, hey, I want to take creative control back. And I'm willing to take a risk on maybe my numbers being smaller. smaller right, exactly. But the people who are really going to pay attention to me fall into the demographic of people that would have a high-definition TV. And they're going to get a quality broadcast that I want to do because he has creative control, which right. is unique. And you know what? Like, I'd listen to that. Yeah. I'd listen to that. Yeah. They're, 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 can I tell you? Like, I will I totally celebrate the day that I get to listen to Dan Rather on a podcast. Yeah. I love that. Right, which I think is coming pretty soon. And you know what's coming extremely soon? Right now, we're going to go to break, pay, pay a little homage to our fabulous advertisers. And I'll bring this programming to you. And we'll be right back with Dave Hills, CEO of LookSmart. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. All new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a Fortune. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details value click media
back to Rainmaker, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Well, we are back. I want to welcome Dave Hills, the CEO of Look Smart, uh, to Rainmaker tonight. How are you, Dave? Doing well. <clears throat> Doing well, thanks. Caught you there, didn't I? Caught me in a sip of coffee. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm definitely um, I, I'm ecstatic to, to have you on the air tonight because I, I, you know, I'm one of those um, SEOs that got into the space back in 96, right? So I've kind of seen, you know, the, the gamut, you know, um, I was a go guide volunteer. I edited at DMOZ you know, I did all that great stuff. I, and I truly like, I, I love the, the DMOZ model at one point, just, just because it was a, you know, how can I say, let's whip out the old yardstick boys and, and go against the big boys. You know what I mean? Um, and na- now you're in this role um, at, at Look Smart, and um, where where do you think the role for directories, as as those of us know it, are going? Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I think there there are really there are really two moves, uh, and and. We're making we're making both of them, so we're 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 placing both bets. One is that um, uh, uh, directories obviously always indicated uh, a really good vertical content, and uh, the the difficulty with directory companies, as you know, is that they were very very labor intensive because it was people that maintained the directories. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the first bet is that we'll be able to develop technology that um, uh, that produces a crawl where the ability to understand the difference between related terms and then serve it up to you in in a way that makes sense to you mouse the rodent versus mouse the peripheral uh can uh, can occur uh, so one bet we're making is the technology will will take over where people where people left off and then underneath that the other bet that we're making is that the people aspect of it will remain in one critical in one critical place which is simply that the web is too vast for any individual to manage right now. Okay. <laughs> and as a result, people are looking for uh, ways to save, refine things that they've already found that are of great value to them, and that's our Furl product, Furl.net, which is a tagging product, uh, you know, like Delicious and, 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 and some of the other ones. We think it's a better product, but... This is not a sales pitch. The, um, <laughs> um, uh, but though, check it out. I'd be glad to do one if you give me like 30 sure. seconds. Sure, yeah. The, um, uh, so, so we think that there's a, a, a convergence, if you will, of those two things. The need for, uh, for a company like ours to be able to take you know, over 10 billion pages of web documents and, and help you get started finding something that's of value to you in a, in a niche area and then have related tools that will allow you to save it find documents, more documents that are like that, and then probably most importantly, um, uh, find it again, right? How many times have you gone and you've seen something and three or four months later, it's like, geez, yeah, if I could only remember one word in that document, right. I'd be able to find it again. Yeah. So we really think it's, 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 um, uh, it's, it's the combination of those two things that will create the next generation of search. Now, that said... 
it doesn't mean that anything happens to Google or Yahoo or MSN or any of the other big ones. I think the the broadcast industry or the television industry again provides a, a reasonably good parallel, where the um, uh, the networks of always the television networks, the broadcasters, if you will have always had and will always have a, uh, uh, a good spot and provide a valuable service to the consumer. The distribution system provides the ability to have a lot of other alternatives online, and as a result of that, we think there's room for both of us. So we liken ourselves to um, uh, if, 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 if the big guys are going to be ABC, NBC, and CBS, mm-hmm. we're happy to be Turner Broadcasting, offer a series of vertical alternatives that consumers find valuable for passions or needs that they have. You know, excellent. Well, nice. extremely well put. Nice. Extremely well put. You know, you of course you mentioned Ted because my my <laughs> personal goal is for Ted to be sitting down with us in two years, saying, "How do you guys do it?" Ah, <laughs> so maybe we can maybe we can both sit down and have the same conversation with Ted. Um, but but I do. I think I think what you're saying is an, ex- an incredibly credible argument. And at the end of the day, you know what something that we usually talk about. Well, the one thing that we talk about, I think, with every. Um, leader, industry leader, or rainmaker, as we like to call yeah, them here, is how to make, you know, if you can do something that makes someone's life easier, then, that you know, the masses will follow. And what you're sure. doing is you are, you are making people's lives easier by virtue of the services that you're offering. Right. And that's, that's phenomenal because, you know, you said that. I'm sure everyone else could um, completely identify with it. Oh, my God, I found something cool and kick-ass two months ago it really wasn't what applicable to me or maybe it was but it wasn't timely for me oh my god where the hell did i find it yeah that's a tremendous service and then of course being you know niche oriented vertical oriented today because the web obviously allows you to be really targeted and focused and delivering up that content for people is extremely valuable yeah, we totally agree, and we're, we're extremely excited about the pro- progress that we've made uh, on building our on building our audience and, and building the capability to uh, be able to provide consumers with something that's that's uh, that's differentiated. And and the um, uh, you know we're finding we're getting very very good reception from the advertisers as well. Yeah. And I think advertisers also realize that that people when they're at different points during during the search process. Mm-hmm. So if I if I'm if I'm doing something for the first time or if I do something for the first time, I go to Google or Yahoo or Ask or one of the one of the big engines because I know what I want but I'm not quite sure where it is. You do? It's when God, you, if I was your PR person, I'd hit you over the head right now. No, no, it, I know what I want. I just don't the the over the course of time though is as that initial is that as that initial incursion into something becomes a habit or a passion, the big search engines sometimes don't give you what you want. Well, because and that's where so we want to be able to fill in the gap. And you know what? And that's a, that's that's a very valid, very valid statement. And yes. I think some of the new programs that you're instituting will f- help to fill in the dots for people. Now, yeah, now, we agree. Now, let me ask you this: This is, and um, you know, if you if you if you want to have my head on a plate later, you're more than welcome. No, this, we love this. Is, this is a hard <laughs> question, okay? And um, you know, like I, I, I most definitely. You know, I, I don't want to bypass a hard question that I think is extremely important in this space. Um, and you have um, solutions for advertisers as well as publishers, right? Yes. Okay. Where, um, where is there a level of concern for for you guys in regards to click fraud? Well, no, actually, there's actually there's not. And I'm really glad that you uh, that you asked that question. If if you take a look at uh, 
at what we had to do to the company last year, uh, you'll find that we took out a lot of our network. And uh, we actually, I guess it was the very, very beginning of the year after I'd been here for a couple of months and I realized the, um, uh, uh, that we had a lot of traffic that wasn't producing good ROI for advertisers and we had a lot of advertiser complaints. Mm-hmm. We, sat down, we sat down and we looked at our network comprehensively and we devised a series of ways to clean up traffic and uh, to maintain a, a really, really good ROI. Not only did we do that, we were actually the only company that's gone public with the fact that we have a problem and we're going to fix it. And we said that both to Wall Street and the commercial community. So we took a very, very active approach to it last year. And um, uh, actually this year has become a larger debate, which is what our, the management team's assumption was last year, which is why we wanted to put it behind us. Good for you. Um, uh, uh, we've actually been cited in a couple of articles, I can't remember from what publications, as a case study in a, in a, in a company that uh, actually decided to do something about it and did it. And um, I can tell you that our customers are happier. Uh, we're, we're certainly much, much happier. Uh, our prices increase. Our, our revenue volume increases. Uh, and um, uh, and and now we can sit there while other companies are trying to figure out what to do about it, and we can continue to grow our business. So, so I'm actually really glad they, uh, they yeah. asked that okay, question. Okay, good, good, good. I, I mean, I mean, because that's obviously something that uh, you know it's a hot topic out there right now. Oh yeah. And um, you know, I've I've got a lot of friends who have been directly involved in. Um, you know, in, in litigation, in some of the litigation, as well as in helping, you know, some some of the engines as well look, look into, you know, how, how would you put it, the dark arts of how this stuff is done, so they can they can try and track it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm glad to see that. Now, now I I know we we're kind of running a little short on time. I, I want to get these questions in because sure. the, the chat room is is definitely throwing some stuff at me. Can you talk to us about your publisher solutions? Sure. The, uh, we, we've got, we, we made a couple of simple assumptions, and, you know, and we operate an ad network, right? So we're, we're, we're part of what I'm going to talk about, which is that, that ad networks over the course of time need to become backfilled to publishers being able to own advertiser relationships of, of all size, right? So I, I was a publisher at about, I'm certainly a publisher here, and uh, I sold technology solutions to publishers at, at, at 24-7. And you're going to have a large portion of your revenue base where uh, it's, it's perfectly viable for you to send a human being in to make a sale because the yield is high enough, right, and the cost of sale, the cost of sale is right. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other advertisers, as we were talking about before the break, you know, the folks that are working out of their garage or the basement, that would love to buy advertising from publishers, but the publisher just can't afford to put a salesperson against that. And, and uh, as a result of that and the result of the large infrastructure that we have here at, at, at LookSmart, it having been built back when the company was worth $5.5 or $6 billion in the late 90s, we decided that we would license our ad center to, uh, to publishers. And what it does is it, it, it allows them to deal with advertisers of all size, large and small, you know, contextually or on a, on a, on a keyword basis and have and own the advertiser relationship, which is especially important for publishers that have multiple products to sell to advertisers. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we found it to be a, a very good business for us. Uh, we have um, a, 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 you know, a series of customers on it now. We'll make, we'll make more announcements. We'll talk more about that business on our earnings call on the 3rd of, uh, of uh, August. Nice. And, um, uh, and we really think that we've got a good product, and we think the market reception has been good. The other thing that I think our syndicating our technology responds to, <coughs> pardon me, is a desire by the advertiser to push money lower, you know, further down the system. 
advertisers don't like in a demand medium having only one or two alternatives. They right. want to buy a lot of alternatives. Exactly. The difficulty is that it has to be efficient from a cost perspective, mm-hmm. a labor perspective for them to do it. So if we're successful at distributing our ad center widely through the industry, advertisers will be able to, or agencies will be able to open up our API and just simply point it to different, uh, to different IP addresses. Like one-stop shopping. Yeah, like one-stop shopping. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the same time, we don't, other companies start to then try to co-mingle advertisers into a marketplace. Uh-huh. We don't do that. If you're a publisher with us and you have an advertiser relationship, all we do is provide the plumbing to you. You own that relationship. Wow. So it's a very, very simple solution from a business perspective as well. That's excellent. All right. Do you have other questions? Uh, you know, I'm just seeing comments, you know, in the chat room, you know, um, and again, you know, Dave, some of these guys are a little delayed, but uh, it's kind of interesting to, to hear how these guys are um, are looking for some of their own solutions because I, I think... You know, from from you know being a publisher to you know being a, a, an advertiser and uh, you know like like the click fraud uh, stuff, for instance. You know, uh, y- y- there's not a lot of help out there yet for these guys. So I I think um, you know the proactive nature you know that you guys have taken is cool. But you know, there's a ch- there's a comment in the chat room saying I use geotargeted tracking channels to spot the countries with bad ROI. Uh, and look for patterns like 250 clicks on the top of the hour every hour, right? Which is kind of interesting, right? Which would yeah. which would uh, kind of indicate. So um, you know, it, it, it's it's. I think it's just kind of an interesting um, you know perception that uh, you say click fraud and you see a lot that just goes. It's kind of like spaghetti against the wall in this chat room. Everyone has such strong feelings about it. And uh, and especially about the ad networks, um, you know. Let, let me ask you this: Let's let's say you've got publishers that um, that are like analytics freaks, mm-hmm. just hardcore analytics freaks. When they, you know, let's say they come to you and they say, "Hey, you know, some of our stuff isn't jiving here." You know, uh, let's let's you know my my data is so totally doesn't match yours. Um, you know, what's what does your team do with that person? Well, we if you step back for a second and 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 you realize how we wind up doing business is that we don't we don't have any we don't have any black box here. So as a result, um, we really don't we really don't have disputes with our publishers about okay. payments or, or 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 anything else. If we have if we sense that a publisher has uh, some traffic coming into their network that we know that they don't want in their network. Right. But it gets you know we realize it before they do. Uh, we we simply clip the traffic, make them aware of it. We have a discussion with them about it. Um, they may say they may say, "Gee, it's good traffic." They have to produce some evidence that it's good traffic for us, and we have very very stringent ways that we that ah, we do that. Nice. So so we we tend to talk to our publishers an awful lot about it, just like we do just like we do our advertisers. Okay. We f- we found that working on this is you, you know part technology, um, uh, part business systems. Uh, part relationship and just you know the will to do it, and once you Good develop you. the will to deal with mm-hmm. it, you just deal with it. Good for and you. you. Find the, and you find that your partners go right along with it. You know the, the publishers now that are in our network have told us a number of times that we know more about their inventory than they do. <laughs> good. Well, that's a good business partner. 
Absolutely, and and as and as a result of that, it, it winds up binding you even uh, binding you even closer to them. You know, so we don't we are... don't hide from them. We don't hide from the advertiser, um, uh, and we spent all of last year developing relationships with the publishers in our network that is that are very very open. And I think as a result of that, we've put ourselves in a position where we can really help the advertisers achieve their goals as well. Now, uh, I've got a guy in the chat room wanting to know if you guys have a, a UK-based um, uh, site or section. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we have a little, you know, we have a little bit of UK traffic by accident. Uh, Look Smart a number of years ago had a large uh, joint venture with British Telecom, uh, but that was shut down. I think uh, I think two years ago. We, we, we you know, the, the company went through an awful lot, and what the management team and the you know the extended team here at Look Smart are trying to do is is get ourselves firmly relevant and growing again in the U.S. market, and then we'll take a look at then we'll take a look at other places. Good nice. for you. But you know what? Good. I think. Good for you. That's good leadership skills. Not to push yourself past boundaries without being able to fully, de- you know, deliver. Well, right. I think I think it also goes back to what he said earlier. You know about uh, you know b- being that solid TNT, right? You know, so so get get your footing and and solidify that and be that dominant. You know, so called TNT. And you know, then look at the upside with uh, with the other marketplaces. That right. you know, that, that makes total sense. And can I tell you, like we we have we've wrapped this hour just like that. But you know what it we're going to do? Came and gone, Dave. You got to come back. I'd be happy to come back sometime. No, not sometime. <laughs> it doesn't work on. like that here, Dave. Because see, no. I got, I got. Our <laughs> this is it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Holy cow! Oh, oh my god! First of all, you make me homesick. Oh yeah. So I l- right. I really enjoy talking to you from like a you know I'm from Boston originally. Oh, okay. So even though you're from Rhode Island, yeah. Um, she, you she's know, from I, Marblehead. Thank you for outing me. <laughs> uh, okay, Marblehead. Yeah, sure. Up on Cape Ann. Oh, up on Cape Ann. Yeah. Uh, not up on Cape Ann, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Cape Ann's about twenty miles. No, about fifteen miles north. Oh, okay. Marblehead's its own entity. You know the the American uh, Navy. The American Navy was launched out of Marblehead. The mm-hmm. spirit of '76 mm-hmm. painting resides in Abbott Hall. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Oh yeah, you hear you can uh, hear it now. Don't well, you, he's Dave? got the same thing with Providence, <laughs> right? Like sure. you're like you know we got this nice pride factor. But I I want to have you back for different reasons. I want to have you back because I really want to know more about. Um, where you began and and your whole progression because I think it's such an interesting progression. I think you've got a lot more um, inspiration to share with our audience. We usually go a little little ways back, but can I tell you the chat room had their thumb in my back from before the time this show launched tonight. They they were like, okay, we want to know, we want to know. Well, I'm glad the uh, I'm glad the chat room was, I'm glad the chat room was uh, was active, and I'd be happy to come back at another point. Wonderful. Good. So we're glad to have you back, and I understand we're also going to be having drinks very soon. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, because you are um, very happily one of the sponsors for our search bass uh, in right. San, San Jose. Jose yeah. Engine Strategies. It'll be uh, August 9th at the lovely Studio 8. So I'm very excited to uh, to be able to toast with you. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, and, and really kudos to, to Sandra Ponce de Leon. She's been wonderful to work with. She's yeah, am- she's terrific. She's amazing. Yes, she's she amazing. Is. And Dave, we, we will definitely get your schedule back in so we can do a part two very, very soon. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks, thanks for so all much. the support. Indeed. And thanks for, thanks for coming on tonight. And uh, we'll see you in San Jose very soon. Absolutely. Have a good evening. You, you too. enjoy. Bye-bye. Great guy. Indeed. There you there you have it, folks. Uh, Dave Hills, CEO of Look Smart. What can I say? Jim, when we keep you up at night, do we keep you up at night or what? <laughs> He's in the UK. 
Right, a lot of our listeners are in the UK. Well, you know, it's kind of late over there right now. Well, you know, they're all big boys. We appreciate you staying up late for us, but they're all big boys. And besides, you know, I, I wish we. And, you know, and by the way, uh, Zany Jim, that he uh, engaged, asked that question, and uh, of course, as you can tell by this interview. Um, Dave came along long after the the dot bomb happened, right. and that transition with with Look Smart happened. So right. Dave came in after the fact. So so he's can I just say Dave didn't bankrupt Look Smart? <laughs> right. He's he's really you know it's interesting they've they've managed to keep and you know people really need to pay attention to that because we we've Indeed. gotten we've gotten a lot of flack and quite honestly you know about. Look smart. Are they still? You know, they still they kicking. Still and what what's, what's going right. on? And, and you know, and they've been at all of the major trade shows for the past couple of years. They've managed to keep their footing strong, and you know, they've gone through their hard times. But the neat part is, is they've they're still ticking and they're moving forward. And um, God, just I, I really enjoyed speaking to Dave, and I can totally see like out of all a lot of the people, not all, but a lot of the people that we've spoken to, his progression in his career right, has made the right, most sense. Right. And I think has such tremendous, I mean, I, I'm like, you should be CEO for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, got that I mean, media background. Right, he's a the, sales hog. I love that. Right, he's got the media background. He's He's got the technology background. He's got the internet background. And then of course, the whole convergence um, with maximizing content background. Love that. So if you never want to deal with shareholders anymore, Dave. <laughs> anyway, no, but an interesting interview, and I and we'll we'll definitely get more in depth with him um, because I think that he's got a really keen eye in regards to what's happening in the industry. Indeed, and folks, can I tell you that brings us to another end of Rainmaker. Rainmaker. We so need to redo our opener. <laughs> well, why? Why do you do that? It, we well, okay. Yeah, we do have to do it. That's All right, okay. We do. But can I tell you, it's been. Uh, it was. It was a wonderful show. Can I tell you, the guys? I, I had a great. That's a wrap. They I were know. in the chat room. They loved that. That was just, you know, well, I everyone love loves that. getting oh, a little little butt fried. <laughs> they do. They love it when we fry some butt. Uh, we'll, we'll probably fry that butt again next week. So if you guys want to hear the frying, you're more than welcome to stop on by. Uh, we'll we'll do that. And uh, of course, want to remind you, head on over to searchbash.com. It looks like we may have just filled up. The second floor ocean fr- uh, oceanfront rooms. Right, with us not having a room yet, that's bad. No, 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 that's inclusive <laughs> of us. We've got our room. Uh, so if you don't have your room booked yet, guys, you need to come on over, searchbash.com, and uh, make make sure you make arrangements. Do not wait to the last minute. Uh, by the way, Spirit Airlines just had a special on tickets. $200 yes. round trip from Florida. We do appreciate Spirit Air. We love Spirit Air. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Brandy's like, you gave them a free plug. No, no, I do. I do like Spirit. I, I know that we. Just, hey, they're they're uh, based out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, okay, we are friends there. Yes. All right. So not 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 to mention uh, J- Jamaica. That's that's one thing. Then Search Bash San Jose, folks. Make sure you plan to stay for that. That's on the last night. Well, it's, the, it's not the last night. It's not the last night. It's like the second to last night. Oh, see, no, you told me it was the last no, night. No, I no, no. Meaning, so it's the night that the the trade show, show ends. ends. Okay, so it's it's, it's August the ninth. It's the night the floor ends. Okay, so it's August the ninth um, at Studio Eight in lovely San Jose. Um, we'll have killer food, open bar, fabulous sponsors, some go-go dancers, and surprises. Uh, Steve, you're in Maui. You know, like I, I get it's two k to fly to Florida from Maui, but dude, you're already on an island. 
<laughs> you know what? We'll 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 try and uh, and broadcast live from uh, Jamaica as much as possible. So you could just log in from Maui and sit under your own coconut tree. Rock on. Yeah. So you know what? Let's go find ourselves a coconut tree, and we will be back here. Uh, wait, wait. You know what I'm gonna do? Are you gonna play a search bash? No. Promo? No. What are you gonna do? No. I'm gonna go find me some coconuts to play with. God, that can be taken so many ways. You know what? I think I love it here. that you apply to all. I'm gonna turn off your mic right now. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs>